The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We are coming to you live from the Warner Center in Woodland Hills, California. This is the home for Autism Live. It is also the home for the Center for Autism and Related Disorders headquarters, their, their global headquarters. So we're thrilled to be here with you this morning. And you know, it's Wednesday and it is the last Wednesday before the end of the year. And I know, I'm just gonna get it over. We're gonna rip off the Band-Aid. I know I said to you that I thought we were gonna have Dr. Grampiche live in the studio and we don't uh, because she's been called away and, and and we know that that happens sometimes and that we're grateful for when we do have her. Now, we're not going to be completely bereft without her because we have a great oldie but goodie of Dr. Doreen um, answering questions about biomedical and a wide variety of other things that you guys are interested in. So we're going to play that in just a second. Before we do that, I want to remind you the show is still interactive. I will still be here. You can still be writing in and we always want to hear from you and know your thoughts, feelings, questions, and concerns. So uh, and I do have an expert who's on the show uh, tomorrow live that is the head of the clinical uh, quality assurance for the, uh, the Center for Autism and Related Disorders. So if you have a pressing question, send it to me right now uh, to have Dr. Sienna Greener-Wooten answer that question tomorrow. I am putting those questions together in the next half hour. So if you want a question, send it this minute. And Trayvon's gonna show you some of the different ways that you can get your question to me. Uh, while he's doing that, I want to remind you that our homepage is autism-live.com. Lots to do on that page. And in fact, you could send in a question right now on that uh, the chat that's at the bottom of the page. All you have to do is hit the chat button. It opens up. You type, you hit enter, and it shows up here for me with almost no delay. It's like a two-minute delay. So you'll definitely make the half-hour deadline. Now, uh, you can also, there's so many other things you can do on that page. Uh, but we hope that you will participate in whatever way that you can and whatever way suits you. Don't forget that the toy guide is still live. It's at the top of the page at autism-live.com. You can check out all of the different toys that were recommended this year in our 2019 Autism Live Toy and Gift Guide. Uh, so I, I hope that you will do that. Also want to let you know that in fact tomorrow on the show we've got Dr. Sienna Greener-Wooten, which is a really fabulous thing. Uh, and she is a an amazing expert in the field of autism and she actually was the person who did our intake when we came to card uh, I'll never forget that and then she was she was the person because you know there's always the hierarchy of you know we had a supervisor who was a BCBA and she was the person in our office that oversaw all of the BCBAs in our office so she played a very pivotal role on our team 
and you know ultimately was the person who decided when it was time for my son to uh, be done with services so you know, uh, I love her a lot, and she's an amazing, brilliant person. Uh, and I've, I've learned over the years, like, you know, she's, she's somebody that, she's formidable. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I was always, I lived in fear of her, and now I've gotten to know her, and she's one of the kindest people on the face of the planet. But she, when she's talking ABA, she is all business, right? She is professional. So, um, I think I'm not the only parent who's ever been afraid of her, but she's truly one of the nicest, sweetest people on the face of the planet. So there we go. Um, so that will be tomorrow. And then on Friday, we've got a great show uh, for you. Oh, by the way, tomorrow we also have uh, an amazing mom. We've talked about designs by Siri on the show before. And um, so Siri's mom, Swathi, is going to be with us tomorrow. She is an incredible woman in her own right, has a radio show about autism that is amazing. I've been on it before as a guest. She's amazing. And she has helped her daughter to learn how to become an entrepreneur and uh, is quite an inspiration to a lot of us. So she's going to be with us on the show tomorrow. Then on Friday, as we finish out our shows for the year, uh, we have Vince Redman, who's going to be with us, licensed in marriage and family therapist, Vince Redman. And we're also going to go over some of the very last of what we haven't talked about in our toy and gift guide. So that will be on Friday. And that will be it for us for new programming for the year of 2019. Friday will be the last show. We were talking about doing one on Monday. Uh, it did not work out. Um, so in any case, uh, we will be back with live shows in the second week of January because mama needs a break. I, I know that sometimes you guys need a break too. And I want you to know that we're not abandoning you. There will still be people here. We're still going to be airing best of episodes and I will be checking in from time to time, but mama needs a break. <laughs> it's the holidays. Um, but we're not leaving you at, uh, at all. We're still going to have stuff for you here. But right now, it is time for an oldie but a goodie of Ask Dr. Doreen. Check it out. Dr. Doreen grand is the Dr. Doreen is an expert in autism. Doreen grand Dr. grand Dr. Doreen grand Dr. Doreen grand is a visionary in the field of autism. Now you can ask her questions on Ask Dr. Doreen. Welcome to Ask Dr. Doreen. We, we welcome back Dr. Doreen Grampiche. Looking so lovely and festive in your yellow. I don't think of yellow as a holiday <laughs> color, but you Thank look you. very holiday today. Nice to be back. Thank we're, you. we're thrilled to have you back, thrilled to have you ever. For anybody who's new to the show and doesn't know, Dr. Doreen Grampiche is an expert in the field of autism. I believe the preeminent expert. She is a visionary in this field. She's been working with individuals around the autism spectrum for more than 30 years Thank you. Um, and making a difference in so many lives uh, so. <laughs> whether it's the, the the children the adults um, the parents the families uh, I see you looking, I'm looking at my at makey makey here. I'm telling you <laughs> wait till you see what this does you're it's That's gonna awesome. blow your mind it's a really I, I have refrained from this taking this down to the IT department because I know that's all they'll do for the rest of the day. That's I right. know. So that's exactly um, right. <laughs> because it's a really, we've had a really good time with it. Um, 
But uh, as I was saying, you are a visionary in this field. Thank you. You very are much someone sure. who's made a huge difference and continues to make a huge difference Thank to you. So, so many people. And the fact that you give us an hour of your time on a regular basis to answer questions, it's one of the things that makes me the happiest in this <laughs> life. So, it's my pleasure. Well, you. I assure you it's ours. I'm going to jump right in to some questions here. Mm -hmm. uh, my son, three, diagnosed with autism. Uh, when it's just me and him, he's great. But the second dad comes home, all these behaviors come out. Mm -hmm. We aren't sure what's causing it or how to work through it. He's going through a mommy phase and the behavior with dad is bad if I leave. Mm -hmm. My husband gets frustrated because he can't even talk to her son because he's so hysterical. He's tried ignoring the behavior, but that just makes our son more upset. Even if I'm in the house and dad tries to take over, my son isn't having it. Uh, what can we do to work through this? First of all, I'm sending you hugs. Right, that's a tough situation. Yeah, but this is really common. Yeah, it is. And so, you know, we usually moms or whoever the parent is that spends more time with the child figures them out in one way or another and then the other parent feels very alienated from the whole process. I can't really begin to comment on what is happening. Clearly the uh, the function of his behavior is something relating to dad. Now, it could be a variety of different things. He could be getting dad's attention this way. Uh, he, you know, it's he thinks the only way to get dad's attention is to have a tantrum, perhaps. Or uh, maybe dad has placed demands on him that are tougher than the demands you've placed. So he's trying to escape those demands as soon as he sees that. We really can't tell what the function is here. You need someone who can actually do a decent functional analysis or functional assessment and figure out exactly what's going on. Um, once you have that, then it's pretty easy to intervene, but I don't wanna make assumptions about why he's reacting a certain way. In the meantime, until you can do a, a good functional assessment, which perhaps if you go on skills and try to fill out the CIFA on skills. It might be able to answer your questions. The CIFA is CARD's indirect functional assessment, um, and it's on skills, and I think it's also on VIP Builder. I'm not yes, sure if you can is. access it alone. Right, so there's, Shannon will tell you a couple of places. Yeah, so if you go to skills for autism, F O R autism.com, or you can call 877 975 4559 to get a little help and support and st in starting. It's a great, great tool that can be used in many different ways, but this is just one of the tools that's available in skills, skillsforautism.com. Skills so you don't need, you might not need, I mean, I think everybody benefits <clears throat> from skills as a whole, but the portion that you particularly need here is the functional assessment because you're trying to identify what is causing this behavior. And uh, that, in the CIFA, they, you're asked a bunch of questions and then you answer those questions about the particular behavior and it helps identify possible, all possible functions. Um, and that's really important. And when I say functions, that means what are, what are the possible reasons that are motivating the child to act out. And then once we know that, we can identify ways to, to help alter that behavior. Uh, so until that happens, make sure that, you're, that dad is not uh, attending to this. He should just ignore it and it will make your son more upset. That's called an extinction burst. That's a very normal thing, so 
uh, from the child's perspective. And the fact that it makes your child makes things worse when the dad when dad ignores it makes me think that your child's behavior is attention seeking. And I'll explain that to you. So. Uh, let's say I tantrum, and the reason I tantrum is because every time I tantrum, you attend to me somehow. You have to attend to me. It doesn't necessarily mean you're attending to me in a positive way. You could just turn around and yell at me, whatever it is. You're still, I'm getting your attention that way. Now, if you stop attending to me, from my perspective, I'm thinking, wait a minute, what just happened? I used to tantrum and you would pay attention to me. Now you're not paying attention to me. I'm going to tantrum louder. I'm going to get worse. So that's called an extinction burst. An ex extinction is the period of time where we ignore someone's behavior and uh, ultimately the behavior gets worse before it goes away. So if you're, if the dad ignores him and he will act out a little bit more, he gets more upset, uh, just stay with it over the a little bit of time, he'll figure out that getting upset isn't going to change the ignoring and then he'll stop getting upset and then he will stop actually acting out with that and uh, so that's my advice until you do a formal functional assessment to determine if attention is actually the function that's maintaining it and as a mom can I throw in my two cents yeah because um, I you know like most parents went through this phase yes and and what and and I'm gonna read into it a little bit and you'll tell me if I'm wrong but I, the good news that I see in this is that you say that he's he's good with you, which means that you found things that work. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. things have started to change and happen. And I remember so distinctly when the card therapist came into my home and the light bulb started to go off in my head and I had buy-in and I started to change my behavior, right. which then changed my child's behavior. And my husband, because a lot of times the guys are like, I'm going to work. Right. While you figure it out, I'm going to go to work. That's what they know how to do. And my husband would come home right. thinking that things were going to be the same, and I was different, and my child was different, and my interaction with my child was different. And as you said, he felt left out. Then he would try to jump in and, right. and, and do what he thought I was doing without really knowing yes. uh, what it looked like on the outside. And he got, he got met with a negative reaction, and then I right. got frustrated, and he just wanted to leave. And... Somebody on our team sat me down and said, you're in a pivotal moment, ma'am. <laughs> and yeah. now, and like a lot of things go awry in this moment, but you're, you're at a moment where you can pull him back in. And I remember when um, Holly Robinson-Pete wrote her, her book and her husband wrote his book, and, she, and Holly said that there was a moment where she said to her husband, I am on Autism Avenue and mm -hmm. you are someplace else. You better get on this avenue with me or we're going to leave you behind. Mm -hmm. And she has said that she wished she'd had more compassion because mm -hmm. we get frustrated. Well, why? Are, I said to my husband, you better learn this. Yeah. You better get on board and you better do this. And I kind of gave him an ultimatum a lot like Holly did. I think both Holly and I share that we wished we'd been more compassionate. And But what I did was I turned my husband over to our therapists mm -hmm. and said, you deal with him, you teach him this. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. And they made sure that he went, because he didn't want to. Yeah. He didn't want to fail. Right. He didn't want to fail. But I couldn't teach it to him. We had too much baggage between us. Right, right? of course. And um, so I had to not be there. Yeah. I didn't want to. 
I wanted to be there and oversee and make it all work and make my husband feel better. Make my I had to leave. Right. I had to leave and have the therapist train my husband. It's a really but I'm different, grateful. Of course. But it's a very different dynamic, I think, with moms and dads. You know, moms are always, we instantly want to fix things. Yeah. And dads, I think, uh, there's a little bit of a reflection. They feel more like what's going on and they get angry that things aren't right. Yeah. And that, I think, is, you know, this whole process, we're making assumptions here. Yes, we're making we a lot sure of assumptions. Are. and. I have to say that it's also possible that this family as a whole hasn't experienced that whole extinction burst yet, yeah. mom or dad. And sometimes mom, moms don't have problems because they actually give in. Yes. And dads That's don't. That's true. So I don't know where you're at in the process, but what I want to tell you is that nothing will change without the child getting a little upset. Because you're setting up a whole set of new rules, and from his perspective, he's trying to figure those rules out and thinking, "Wait, what happened here?" My, yeah, there's, it's all new. This rules used to now. work. This yeah, used to work. Exactly, when I did this. and it's not working anymore. <laughs> yeah. So the best thing you and Dad can do right now is, you know, and all the advice I just gave you. Ideally, if you have a board-certified behavior analyst nearby who can do an FBA, that's great. Yeah. Ideally, you you will learn these processes through that person. But if you can't, please go on our IBT site, which is the Institute for Behavioral Training, yeah. and learn the everything about what I just told you. Learn the detail. Learn how to do an FBA yourself. Learn about how challenging behavior is maintained. Learn about the functions of behavior. Learn that behavior is maintained through things like attention and escape from demand and all these other things. Because the more you learn, the easier this stuff becomes. And maybe if you can, learn it together with your husband. Get on there. These are short modules. Just play the module. It'll explain things in a very nice way so that you understand. And then it'll make sense so that you're not really depending on like my advice or anybody's advice for individual for specific situations or scenarios. You'll just know how to handle every scenario because there's really only a set number of functions and every behavior you can figure out, oh, yeah, it's maintaining attention or, oh, yeah, he's trying to access an intangible or, oh, clearly he's trying to escape something. And then it just becomes so easy to figure out what's going on. It's so good to be around you and to hear your wise words. It really is. Yeah. On that note, it is. No, truly. Uh, so we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to be back with more wise words from Dr. Doreen. Stick with us. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Doreen. At the start of the show, we always give a disclaimer, and I got so excited I didn't do it, but I do want to mention that in this format, there is no expert, even of Dr. Graham Pichet's caliber, who can give individual specific advice. So she gives thoughts, and, and her thoughts, we get to take a tour of her beautiful mind about things, but in order for someone to give individual specific advice, obviously they have to spend more time than what and get more information than what can be given in this format, but it's still so useful to hear her wise words. I want to move on to a question from India. Mm -hmm. Hi, Dr. Doreen and Mrs. Shannon. This is from India again. My child is seven years old with PDD-NOS. I'm using skills and she's doing well in school. I've asked questions on the show before and Dr. Doreen's advice has been a lifesaver for us with, um, 
with very few people get it here like she does my child has not had any biomedical intervention till now nor is she on any diets because we haven't found the right doc here until now recently met a doc here as advised got urine organic acid tests the results of which show intestinal bacterial overgrowth a high pyruvate and uh, high adipate and then she went on and listed a lot of the different I read this okay yeah so there's a there's a number of different things going on with and then she's asking if if she should take various supplements which the physician is suggesting because they're extremely expensive there and the husband is not sure on this. He's, she says the husband yeah. wants to know if, it, if taking these supplements is worth it and thank you because they're expensive. Yeah and the thing with the organic acid metabolites test is that it's a metabolized test so it, it alters all the time based on what we're eating and it's not necessarily the most accurate thing. I mean it's a urine test and it will really change drastically based on whatever your diet has been for the past couple of days. So I don't really like, I mean, it is a basic test that they do here, and I don't know that if it's, I don't know if I can guide you to uh, take all these supplements. It depends on what the supplements are, I suppose, but I think what you want to start with, right, first of all, here's the way that I look at it for every child. If your child is growing and doing really well on an ABA program, make sure you keep doing that and you intensify that. I mean, honestly, the more hours, the better, first of all. Secondly, uh, you might want to just consider doing a few modifications to diet that tend to uh, be easier to do and they will stop a lot of these issues. Uh, so we know that most of our kids benefit from a gluten-free, casein-free, the top four, of course, being gluten, casein, corn, and soy. So if you can try to eliminate or reduce those four, particularly gluten and casein, um, and then if you can add a, uh, um, a probiotic to your child's diet, because if the child has intestinal bacterial overgrowth, it's usually what you're looking at is a yeast overgrowth and what you're trying you're trying to reduce that so if you can try to increase the probiotics and then try some version of those diets you might be okay from there on um, you know it's it's very hard in countries like India where you don't have access to physicians uh, because you really if you were here I'd say get a second opinion I wouldn't really want to tell you to do anything without getting another opinion but in India I know it's really hard yeah I will say that when when you ask parents what they got the biggest bang for their buck in terms of supplements mm -hmm. the two things that they talk about are the gluten-free casein-free diet yeah they saw the biggest change with that and then the other supplement that people talk about um, is some form of methyl B12 yeah but that's only for kids. specific yeah. kids yeah so and I don't and I don't know um, and then of course there are supplements that generally can't hurt hurt anyone and they're always good for you and a lot of our kids really do benefit which mm -hmm. are for instance the cod liver oils or fish oils which is very good for memory and all brain function so there are supplements that you could add I don't know what why these are significantly uh, uh, expensive there 
Um, so, you know, as I said, it's, it's unfortunately it's difficult for us to be able to respond to this because we don't know exactly what supplements. I would never want to say, no, don't take cod liver oil, right. for example. And I don't know what's within your means or not. Uh, but at this point, I think you're kind of left with what are my best options, and I think your best options are to try things that are not that expensive, which, for instance, might be avoiding gluten, avoiding casein, and then perhaps if you can, add some probiotics and see how things go. You know what might be an interesting thing to do is the Taka has free mentors. Yeah, that would be very good, too. Um, that if you go to takanow.org, T-A-C-A-Now.org. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. You can get a, um, a parent mentor for free that right. knows a great deal about biomedical to talk about what the supplements are because they might be able to hook you up with cheaper supplements, too. Right. Um, so that might be something that could be really helpful to you. But I, I think you'll find with the Taka mentors that they'll talk about the idea of starting to do a diet intervention before you add anything in. And of course, a lot of times people will tell you take these 32 supplements, mm -hmm. but then how, you know, you don't know what worked and what didn't work. Right. Um, most Taka mentors will tell you, you know, you start one supplement and you go 90 days with that and you chart whether it made a difference and you make a decision to continue or to stop that one before starting the next one. That's right. So uh, it can be a lot less expensive and a lot more effective uh, adding that them way, on because, that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. And, and it makes a lot more sense. You definitely <clears throat> don't want to add a whole ton of supplements all at the same time. One of the biggest issues that we see with kids is that we don't know if any of the supplements are working and the parents don't know because they were told to add like 20 things all at the same time. Yeah, how could you possibly know? And, right. then, and then you have no idea whether you're spending money well or flushing it down the toilet, literally. Exactly, exactly. All right, uh, love that. Okay, we're going to take another short break and then we're going to be back with more Ask Dr. Doreen after these messages. Welcome back. And there's our Miss Nancy, who we hope is on the mend. Um, and I know she'll appreciate all your well wishes. Um, next question that we have, we're here with Dr. Doreen Grampiche, by the way, and thrilled to have this opportunity to have her answering your questions. And you can still send questions in, although we have a, a stack of them here, I will let you know. Uh, they said, hi, Shannon, my three-year-old son was just diagnosed with moderate to severe autism by the Mind Institute at UC Davis. I was honestly pretty shocked because he is so affectionate and makes eye contact, engages others well. I did think he might be on the spectrum mildly. We are in the process with the IEP and waiting for them to make space for him in a five day per week program at the County Family Resource Center, which I know will be amazing for him. I guess I'm very concerned about the label and about also how to work with him to learn what he needs. We are now in process to become a client of Alta Regional, which will happen in the next two weeks when they receive the full report from the Mind Institute. My question is, where do I go from here? I want resources that will provide me with information, yet I wanna know where to find resources that align with my feeling that my son is very gifted, yet process and sees life in a completely different way. I feel like you've come to the right place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so there's uh, so many things I want to tell you. Um, first of all, you are, I, I don't know your, how you are, what is your vision? I don't know. So uh, forgive me if I guide you in a different way because I want to be able to make sure that you find what, what fits with your 
uh, sort of how the way you feel about your child. Um, every child <clears throat> is gifted in a different way. Every child has specific strengths and deficits, and um, there are very, very high-functioning children who still fit the spectrum of autism because in one way or another they are having a hard time socially or via communication or just reading and understanding other people's uh, intentions and that sort of thing. So there's, this is a huge spectrum. Uh, don't think that your child is, doesn't fit because they're not severely disabled. There are very high-functioning individuals on this spectrum and uh, it is often a little shocking that our, when we hear that our kids are on the spectrum, but if you knew the highest level of autism, you wouldn't feel that shocked because there are kids that are very, very high functioning in this spectrum. It's important to accept that and move on from it because if you continuously deny that your child is on the spectrum, you may lose the opportunity to get the kind of help that he needs. So, you know, the diagnosis doesn't mean much because, I mean, it really, the value of a diagnosis is that you will get the help you need. Not, it's not defining who your child is. Really all that it is is a, is a way to kind of um, help expedite where you, your next path is. Now, talking about that, what you want to do is you just forget about the diagnosis for a minute and just identify what your child's problems are. Like, what are the areas that he's weak at? The best place to do that, in my mind, tool that we built over many, many, many years is skills, um, because skills starts with a series of questions. Your child's three, it's perfect. Go in skills, um, answer all the questions. You put in the child's date of birth, you'll only get questions up to his age, and you'll answer those questions, and it'll identify for you exactly across all domains where he falls short. What are the areas that he is uh, slightly delayed in or severely delayed in, whatever it may be, and then it'll help you it, it, at any area that is below his own age will attach to, uh, it will link to a lesson so that you'll now know what you need to teach. So for instance, let's say a child is uh, low on, it might be doing really well with eye contact with you, uh, but not with others, so we'll know that we need to work on that. Or he might have great eye contact, but he doesn't have the social language to initiate or maintain conversation with others. We'll know that we have to deal with that. So whatever it is that your child needs, that you'll find the solutions there. Now, how, once you've identified all the different areas that your child needs, you also need to now go and train yourself in techniques. So that's where Institute for Behavioral Training comes in. You go on their website and you'll learn all the different techniques of how to teach things to your child in a way that are useful and enjoyable. And um, in the meantime, also beware that you are now going to be placing a few more demands on him. So you might start to see some challenging behaviors which you'll want to be able to handle appropriately. So go on the Institute for Behavior Training website. I highly recommend that. Learn the ABA techniques. You'll find topics on there that are interesting and just go through them and learn them. And so when you know the techniques and you've done the assessment skills, you really have a pretty good uh, set of tools in your toolbox because you'll know how to manage things and you'll know how to teach and you'll know what to teach to, to get your child to where they need to be. 
I do want to say that, you know, you're, um, one other thing I would do as a parent is I would access my health insurance. Um, right now you're depending on uh, an IEP, which I don't know, uh, I don't know anything about the County Family Resource Center, so I don't know what their program is. Um, but you are depending on the process of an IEP, so that means your school district, and you're also depending on the regional centers. Um, and you really, sh if you have health insurance, it will cover, most likely it'll cover applied behavior analysis. And what I would be doing right now is I would be doing intensive ABA. So I wouldn't just look at skills and try to provide the services myself. I would actually get a really good ABA organization and start having them do 40 hours a week of intervention with my child at three. That's the age you're supposed to be doing 40 hours at because by the time he's five or six, you might be done with the whole thing and move on with a typical life. So it's really, really important. The milder, the better. Please don't think that because your child has a very mild case of this, uh, you can avoid it. In fact, uh, you're just blessed in the sense that you can perhaps hit it hard right now and just be done with it over the course of time. So uh, that's what I would recommend is to really do a very intensive ABA program right now, get it done with maybe hopefully by the, by the time your child hits first grade, you're done. And uh, just to throw my two cents in here, because you're being so solicitous today and saying, you know, here are your choices. And, yeah. uh, and, oh, and over the last couple of years, I've had a couple of, uh, one parent in particular who yelled at me for not just telling her exactly what to do. Like, do and this. she said to me, yeah. she said, why didn't you tell me? Because I said to her, well, you know, ABA, it's really the thing. You really want to do that. And, you know, there are lots of great ABA providers and, and CARD is one of them. And I really recommend CARD, but do what you want to and she came back to me and said and with her finger in my face and said why didn't you tell me yeah. this is what you need to do so I don't I don't mess around with that anymore so my thing is I'm gonna I'm gonna say to you I, again I don't know what that five day a week County Family Resource Center is but it's not card and, I, and, and I'm it's probably not ABA and, and yeah and although they might be calling it ABA right um, and that scares me worse than anything because you wrote in here specifically about the fact that my son is very gifted and he sees life differently and who can I work with to bring that out in him I'm gonna tell you you need to be with card uh, dr. Grand Pichet is gonna be solicitous and tell you that there are lots of other ABA providers and there are but this is what I see as a parent, and this is part of the reason why I'm here. My son was treated by CARD, and, and I've been with many other families and seen all the different ways that their child is, is dealt with by other ABA providers. But the difference for me, I, the example that I always give is Logan Shepard. Yeah. Um, the amazing young man that he was he was the the child that I saw and said I I'm gonna come to card because these people get it that here was a little boy who ha constantly had this going on with his hands and there are other ABA providers who will say well that needs to stop mm -hmm. and and you know we're gonna put that on extinction and that needs to go away and the whole program becomes around stopping this right and what card did was said you know which is true ABA which says this has a function mm -hmm. let's figure out what the function of this is let's give him a more adaptive way of dealing with that what does this do for him and they right. put drumsticks in his hands
Right. And this young man is a 15-year-old professional drummer yeah. who just got a contract, is representing a, a new set of cymbals. I mean, like, this is the level of professional that this young man is. Oh, yeah. Plays He's whiskey amazing. a go-go, you know, <laughs> has 15 years old, folks, and is one of the kindest human beings that oh, there is. Oh, such a great guy. And is, is verbal and always says... always a beautiful human being. And says that he wants to change other people's lives and be an inspiration to him. Um, you know, Card didn't mm -hmm. change who he was. They helped him fully Absolutely. be himself and they helped him to overcome obstacles that were preventing him from being that. Oh, yeah. That's what you need, and you're not gonna find that. There is a cognition, we talked about skills a little bit. Every client of CARD has a skills account, and, and the skills has a cognition and an executive functions curriculum that you're not gonna find any place else. If you go with another ABA provider, make sure that they're using skills. But I right. really, you right. live in California, you can have card. Oh yeah, easily, you're up, up north, I see. Um, Alta and mine Institute, and we have a ton of offices up there. I, so I'm so. just, you know, I'm gonna say what you won't say, which is you need, what you need. Uh, that's why I said I think you've come to the right place. Uh, your child will not be discounted. He will be right. looked at as an individual. Um, and, and I love what you talked about with skills. I love uh, when, they, when iPhone first came out with iMaps, mm -hmm. I thought it was the most amazing thing because you know the old maps, you used to pull them out and look at them, and yeah. it was great, but you didn't know where you were on it. Yeah. Right? Right. And then iPhone came out with the maps, and it, and it goes, oh, blue dot is That's here, and the are. green dot is where you're trying to get to. That's exactly what skills does. It shows you here is where you are. Right. Here are all the places that you need right. to get to. There's no place else in autism where you can find that um, clearly it's true. It's so true. as a parent. It's so true. It gives you the map of here's where you are, here's where you want to get to. Absolutely. And you want to know that as a parent, right? Because otherwise, yes. I mean, it ends up, it's not easy doing intensive ABA, as you know. It's like, day in and day out, and if you don't have a plan, if you don't know where you're headed, it just becomes like, okay, how much more of this, for how many years, and yes. how am I doing it? And it's just being able to get to that point where you know that, like, you know, we're good now, we're at a point where he's learning from the environment and we don't need all this intensity. Yeah. Um, I think it's so important, and, and also up north, in all of our sites now, we do, uh, we, tr we are trying to make all of our centers center-based services. So we're trying to provide, and I think all of our centers are offering this now, is to have our kids come in like the County Family Resource Center. Our programs are, they're in home, but they're also at our centers mostly. And the reason for that is that we just conducted research showing that most of the time when the kids are brought to our centers, they actually learn a lot, lot, lot faster, 100% faster, yeah. which means that, and I, it, it's easy to understand that because they're so focused at the centers. But you'll find, I don't know where exactly up north you are, but any of our sites that you go to, you'll find that there are, they're beautiful centers with a lot of really caring individuals who will take very good care of your child and who will teach him or her whatever it is that they need, so him. And um, we will, you know, dedicate all of our time and effort to helping every child who comes in. And we see all of our kids as being gifted in one way or another. They truly are. Yeah.
So get get yourself some card. That's I what so. I. That's the prescription that I'm writing, and I'm not a doctor, but I'm a mom, and I know I so, I, I know where where my kid is. Right, and for that you should just go on our website, which is yes, uh, centerforautism.com, and there's a admissions 800 number to call and get the process started. Absolutely, and then you will automatically um, have a skills account. And also, just so you know, we have contracts with all, you know most of the districts, school districts in California, and definitely all of the regional centers. We have many kids with Alta. Uh, but more importantly, we will get you through the insurance process and give you that avenue of funding as well. And that's honestly, at, at three, um, oh, it's, it's important. To, it's important to start your IEP, but the school will tell you it's time to come to school. Mm -hmm. um, it isn't at three. It's time to go um, and have your child at the card center. And if you do that, your child will will go to the school so much more successfully. Um, and and that's irregardless of what the the severity level of the child is, but especially as you said, because your child already has some great skills. I, those are the kids. It frustrates me so much because people play on the parents' squeamishness oh, yeah. about it and will go, he doesn't need that. Oh, you know, that's for the kids that are so much more severe. Your kid needs to know that's the exact wrong opposite of the truth. That's very true. And I'm glad you're bringing that up because that's probably the type of thing you might hear as a, as a child who's very high functioning. You have, a lot of people will say, oh, ABA is for kids that are much lower functioning or ABA will actually teach him to be a robot. All of that kind of stuff is just garbage. If you, as Shannon said, if you go on skills and you start looking at the uh, higher level curriculum areas, which are called cognition, social skills, executive functioning, all of those areas, you'll see that a lot of the things that we teach are very advanced, not at all uh, rote like most people think ABA is, but these are very advanced cognitive skills, uh, which will really help your child a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, I don't have my clock, but here I do have another clock. All right, we're okay. Uh, I'm going to move on to this question because I've been waiting to do this one. Hello, mm -hmm. ladies. I'm an aide in a severely disabled elementary classroom. We have a new student that plays with his feces. Uh, can you please recommend some strategies I can try? I read about having him play with Play-Doh, but he will eat it along with other toys in the classroom. He puts a lot of things in his mouth. He's 10 years old, and thank you very much. Thank you very much. Oh my gosh, I Hard. feel so bad. Yeah, thank you very much for taking care of these children who are in severely disabled classrooms. You know, I can't, this is one of those things where we make assumptions about why he's doing this behavior, and again, it's important to do a functional behavior assessment. So I would recommend for you that you, and kudos to you for being an aide in this classroom and actually trying to figure out what to do. Um, go on the IBT website, please. Uh, take a look at how to identify functions of behavior. It's very, very important. Having him play with Play-Doh would only work if the function of this behavior was a sensory function. In other words, he's getting some sort of sensory, I don't know, like um, satisfaction of out of it. it. Yeah. Exactly. If that's the case, then what you're trying to do is replace it with Play-Doh. But it could be any a number of other things. I mean, he's if he's putting a lot of things in his mouth, then he could have pica, which you know you need to then find out. Parents would need to find out what types of deficiencies he has. 
And that could be something that, you know, it's a blood test and you'd have to see if he has any specific deficiencies that could be satisfied with supplements or an altered diet. And that might alter the whole thing. Um, there's, I just, it's, it, it, I can't give you advice until you know the function of this behavior. But clearly it's a very difficult thing to deal with for everyone and until you can do an FBA, you need to try to prevent any situation that would lead to him having access to his feces. Uh, you know, if he has, and I, you're in a severely disabled elementary classroom, so I assume you have tons of kids and not enough time to pay attention to him, but what he really does need is a one-to-one -one aide yeah. who would not allow that behavior to occur to begin with. Yeah. Um, but I do want to empower all the teachers who and aides who might be watching that we think that a parent is the only one who can ask for a functional behavior assessment because that's what's encouraged in school settings is that because it's something that costs time yes. and money. Yes. Um, and so generally they wait for a parent to ask. But the truth of the matter is, is that anyone can ask for Absolutely. an FBA. It does mean that you're rocking the boat a little bit, but in if you're willing to take that step and say, hey, we're not really doing right by this child unless we know what's right. going on. Right. Our interventions aren't working, so let's lift up the hood and take it for a test drive and see what's actually happening before we start fixing things. Exactly. And, and so you as the aide can ask for it. Mm -hmm. You can talk to the teacher and maybe you and the teacher can get together and, and go to the school psychologist and say we need a functional behavior assessment. There is supposed to be someone on every campus who is versed in this and who's mm -hmm. able to do this. Right. It doesn't have to be that time uh, intensive or expensive to do. Right. Um, and, and think about how much better the classroom will work if this is gotten under control. Absolutely, but I really want to urge you to try to get an aid for this child. I think, it, I think this person might be the aid. Uh, maybe, um, or this person might be the aide for the classroom. Okay. So I would, please let us know. I really want to try to help you. I don't know if you're in the States. If you are in the States, you certainly can get additional support from the school district. Just let us know maybe a little bit more detail about where you are because we'd love to be able to help you. This is, you know, I commend you for being someone who cares to take care of children in this kind of environment, and we want to be able to support and help you more. Okay. You, one more or you want to take a oh, break? Of course. Sure. No, go okay. ahead. My son is 16 years old and uh, we so late we discovered that he is an Asperger's case. He knows nothing about this. Should we tell him the truth? And do you think it's good for him at that age mm -hmm. to know the truth? Right. You know, it depends on the child. This is a great question. It really depends on the child. I think where, there was another question that I had looked at earlier. It was, I hope you read that long question yes. later. Because it's a similar situation. You know, I, I feel like if the child is feeling that they are different, um, there's a situation, you know, your child is 16 years old. What does he think? Does he feel like he's different from all of his peers? I feel like if the child is beginning to feel left out and different, it's not bad for them to know. Because nowadays, there's enough of a group of other people who have a similar issue, who are diagnosed with Asperger's or have high functioning autism, 
where the child would then actually feel more part of a peer group than let's say 20 years ago. 20 years ago was a little bit difficult because if you had that label, you sort of wasn't, you were an outsider. Now you're not really an outsider, you're just part of a different team, you know? And it helps children to feel like they're not alone. Uh, so really, and, and the other part of this is that it depends on what his level of understanding is. Uh, telling someone you have Asperger's and then not really defining it or not for the person not to really understand what that means is not helpful. Yeah, uh, It is helpful if the person has the ability to comprehend that, you know, let's say we as a group of individuals with Asperger's just see things differently in our environment and we um, don't really enjoy having a lot of uh, social interaction unless it's based on particular areas or whatever it is however you want to define for them but uh, it's I think that's really important because just giving the individual a label won't help yeah and I do want to go ahead and read this other question because yeah. it goes right hand in hand we have on the one hand a son who's 16 years old who uh, they've just diagnosed and this is a uh, a four-year-old who is a girl. Hey, Shannon and Dr. Doreen, West Virginia mom here. My daughter opened up to me this past week that she notices people are sometimes mean to us because she's different. I asked her what she meant and she said, like the lady at the hospital, uh, she had a meltdown and we had a question last week about because she was taking her to the hospital and some people in the hospital were excessively rude. Mm -hmm. And the mom was asking what to do. I said her plate is full and that I would take it on and I have called and left a couple of messages for the hospital and waiting to talk to somebody about it wow. um, because they cannot behave the way they did. She had a meltdown and people were rude and she really? noticed it. So uh, she went on to say, I don't talk like the other kids. I speak English, but different English. I don't talk like they do and I don't like to play with them because I don't know how. I love this. this yesterday, so yeah, yesterday she came home from school saying her friends taught her how to play normal. She could not tell me what normal means or how you play normally. She's in a regular pre-K classroom and has a 504 plan. They took her IEP because they claim she doesn't have a speech delay. We're going to talk about that next yeah. on another show. My question is, since I have not explained to her that she has autism, should I? I don't know when the right time is to do that or if there is a right time. It shocked me that she understands that she's different. Any help or advice is appreciated and thanks for all you do. We love y'all and we love you all too. Right. But it's interesting that we hear, you know, we have a 16-year-old boy right, right. and we've got a four-year-old girl and, and yet... You know, we, we see that in the four-year-old girl, there's some amazing awareness. This is oh a very self-aware four-year-old. But for a four-year-old to notice that something's different, you know, I think that a lot of times our kids do pick up on that. As you say, that they don't, that they feel isolated. They feel a little on the outside. And and finding a proper way to language it. Is good. It's very important. Yeah. Now, for the four-year-old, I don't think I would actually label it at this point. Mm -hmm. I think for the four-year-old, and the, you know, especially such an incredibly aware person, child, mm -hmm. I would just say, yeah, we're all different, and I would start going down that path and just saying, you know, explaining some of the differences, um, and just allow her to see things as it is. A lot of time in the past, we used to tell our parents to kind of tell their children that they have language issues and that. 
all these therapists or tutors who are helping them catch up yeah. and that worked fine and I think it's fine for every child to know that they have some areas they need to work on most kids have tutors in one area or another let's say math you know and so it's fine to say you know we're giving you tutoring for these different things uh, teach her to, to be okay with that teach her that everyone has something that they need help with and make sure you emphasize that it's okay for her and that even though her way of expressing English or how she says it, it's so cute yeah. is different from others no one out there has the right to be mean about it, right? Yeah. So the, the behavior of the people at the hospital is not to be excused in any way. Rather, I love seeing that the kids in school have more empathy and are trying to like teach her, perhaps, I don't know. You might wanna check into that too. Let's make sure that the other kids are uh, teaching, like helping her in a nice way and not uh, making fun or you know doing something that would not be good. But aside from that, you know, I think what helps, honestly, and it's weird to say this, but I've seen this over and over with my kids, if they find another child who is in some way similar, it just, it just takes one other child, yeah. they'll be good to go, like yeah. literally good to go. They will have a friend, they will not feel left out, their self-esteem will jump, you know, it'll just, it's all good after that. Yeah. But at four, giving a label is probably not a good idea. It won't necessarily help things. But you know, I do think that always, no matter what age, giving them role models um, to, that they can see. When when Jem was little, it was James Durbin who was on mm -hmm. American mm -hmm. Idol, and I was able to That's you know nice. point out and say. And I had that conversation with James Durbin when I met him. I cried all over him, and I said, you know, you were one of the first people on television That's that I could point to and say to my son, you know, oh, there's Jer James Durbin, and oh, you know. He has autism and he has Tourette's and look at him, you know, he's a finalist. At, and we didn't make a big deal out of it, but we just entered it into fact in yeah. his life that, yeah. oh, there are people with autism and look at the things that they're doing and, right. and, you know, it's all okay and it's all good and we celebrated it and there was nothing to be like, ooh, about. It was just, it was. Exactly. And that's the fantasticness of today the, you know we say that it's terrible that there's it's such a high prevalence of autism now but the truth is a lot of those kids have succeeded and continue to do really well and you just all you have to do is just go online and you can YouTube kids. I mean, you were talking about one of our kids, Logan, who's yeah. a role model for many others. Yes. And there are many children out there who are fantastic role models, and they have overcome a lot of different negative situations, and they continue to do really well. So there are people that you can point to and say, well, they were different too. Yeah. And, and actually, even to, you know, what I like to say is that everyone is different. Yeah. No, no two of us are the same. Um, we all have differences. We all struggle with different things. We have strengths with different things, and, and we get along. Yes, and that's an amazing thing. We've got so many more questions, but we're out of time, and I thank you, thank so, you so much, much. always. Now, next week is going to be our last uh, show of the year with you. Right. Uh, not our last show, but our last show with you, and so we'll look forward to that closing out the year. Thank and you. and if you guys yes. have questions, make sure you write them in early. I'll be picking the questions early that we'll do on that last show of the year. I don't know where the time has gone. Thank you.